Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. She said that she was a proud grandma able to send her granddaughter on a trip to Colorado and she paid for it. And I, with not my finest hour, but I, I wrote back and said, it's too bad her grandma can't pay her debts because she had said she paid Ooh. for her granddaughter's trip. Did you actually and post that on her Facebook page or whatever? Is that I, what you mean? I did. This is the plaintiff, Dr. Diana Christine Bruce. She says the defendant worked for her husband's company. They became good friends, and she ended up loaning her money in time of need. She can't get the ungrateful woman to pay her back, but sees on Facebook she can send her grandkid to camp for the summer. Please. She's suing for $631.02. The amount owed. This is the defendant, Mary Hightower. She says she paid off the loan in full by making payments and caring for the plaintiff's elderly mother. The woman's greedy and unappreciative, and she's owed nothing. She's accused of fouling up a nice friendship. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Dr. Bruce, you know the defendant how? She was hired by my husband to work in our home office, and we became what I thought good friends. Okay. How long was she working for your husband's home office? Uh, five years. All right. And what kind of business was that? It's a uh, pest control company, uh, exterminating company in Houston. Okay. And out of curiosity, what kind of business are you in? Uh, I was a uh, college dean in uh, Virginia. Any particular school or you don't necessarily want to share? It actually is out of business right now. I think I shut them down oh. when I left. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I doubt that that is true, but can you please tell me when and why you loaned Miss Hightower money, according to you? Uh, we had had uh, one of our hurricanes in Houston, and Mary was in a house, a rental house, and her house flooded, 
and she lost everything. She was looking for another house to move into. She couldn't move into an apartment because at any one time she would have between six and eight cats. And um, I don't think her re deposits were ever returned to her for whatever reason. So she needed a deposit to get into a new home. Um, she has two sons, but neither one of them would loan her money. And she told me how she was living on a sleeping on a three foot by three foot mat at her cousin's house and just needed to get into a home. So since she was working for my husband, I thought it was a pretty fair chance that she would be paying me back. So I loaned her the $1,500 that she asked for. When did you loan her that? In November of 2017. And okay. um, verbally, she had agreed to pay me, start paying me back in December. But by the time she wrote up the promissory note, she'd already changed that to February. And I agreed because I knew Christmas was coming and she would have some debts and she would have some expenses moving into you know, her new place. So she was supposed to pay me back. Um, paydays were every Tuesday uh, for her, and she was supposed to sign over every third paycheck to me to repay the debt. She did that for three months, and then she quit. And then that was the last I ever got any money from her until exactly one year later, she sent me $25. And wow. okay. after... Yeah, that was two years ago. So after, you know, oh, 25 text messages asking her for money, she went She went the whole gamut. She went from absolutely being silent and not responding to me at all to accusing me of being all about the almighty dollar. And I remember asking her if it would have been about the almighty dollar if I had owed her money instead of the other way around. Right. And then it was... She had too many debts. She just had things going on. And I guess the final straw was this past December, she put a Facebook uh, picture of her and her granddaughter out, and she said that she was a proud grandma, able to send her granddaughter on a trip to Colorado, and she paid for it. And I was not my finest hour, but... <laughs> I, I wrote back and said, it's too bad her grandma can't pay her debts because she had said she paid Ooh. for her granddaughter's trip. Did you actually and post that on her Facebook page or whatever? Is that I, what you mean? I did. It was, as I said, okay. not my finest hour. Um, <laughs> but I guess by then I had asked her so many times and it had been two years. And by that time, I'd already figured out that if she had paid me just over $2 a week, she would have been paid off. Miss Hightower, what's going on here? Well, I think her memory is a little bit lax. First of all, I never refused to pay her. Second of all, she had me type up the agreement to uh, repay her, uh, and they deducted it out of my paycheck. Um, and I asked her to sign it. She would never sign it. Um, and she kept telling me she lost the document because I wanted a copy of it. Um, in reference to me posting something about sending my granddaughter to Colorado, I challenged her to show me that post. I never posted that on Facebook. I never paid for my granddaughter to go to Colorado. She didn't go to Colorado. Her and her mother were going to go.
but that's neither here nor there. That post doesn't exist. Let me ask you a question. When you make the phrase, uh, I never said I wasn't going to pay, this debt is three years, it's over three years old. What good does your assurance that one day you'll get around to it? It's been three years. It's not like she's suing you three months later. It's three years later. You're correct in what you're saying in terms of the timeline. Uh, however, she failed to mention she has a 92-year-old grandmother uh, that I might uh, side note she charges rent to, but she would ask me to stay with her on the weekends when they would go to the camp in West Texas. Um, and there would be times that I would come over there and she would she had told me she would compensate me for that. Well, she didn't compensate me. So I just thought they How would take it How much was she supposed to compensate you? There was never a dollar figure put there. So my my thoughts were you know, okay, so she's going to deduct it. I asked her numerous times within this three-year period, ma'am, what's my balance? What do I owe you? She never responded. She would never respond to me. Listen, you quit working there, which you have an absolute right to do, and that's fine. It's just a little slimy that the minute you quit working there, you stop paying entirely. That's not true, ma'am. I asked her when I left, I asked her for copies of the documentation so I could see what my balance was. She never responded. She never would tell me how much I owed her. And then she, in terms of silence, she's the one who went silent. So I responded with the same thing. Then she decides she wants to hit me up again. But then her mother calls me and asks me if I'll come stay with her because they've gone to the camp. And so I do go and help her out and stay with her or take her to eat or take her to the store. Um, I've done that on three occasions since I've left that I know. Dr. Bruce, let me ask you, was there, did you ever agree to compensate Ms. Hightower for staying with your mother? She stayed one weekend. She worked for us on Friday and Saturday, and she actually went home to feed the cat, so she wasn't there the entire weekend, but she stayed one night, and we paid her $200 for that weekend. It was the only weekend that she stayed. My mother's 94, but she's um, her only problem is that I want someone there in case she falls, but she's certainly capable of taking care of herself otherwise. And I know that since then, um, my mother was very close to Mary, too. Um, I really believe that the old saying, you know, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And I made the mistake of thinking Mary was there for a lifetime. And I think my mother made the same mistake. And so when we were would be out of town, uh, she would call Mary and they would just go out to eat. Mary never came um, to the house to stay. My husband wouldn't have let her stay. Can I ask you, Ms. Hightower, um, it sounds like you had a separate relationship with uh, uh, Dr. Bruce's mom. Have you seen her or that went just south as well, along with this debt and your friendship to Dr. Bruce? I've seen her and I've talked to her. And and real quick, I would like to add that $200 was prior to me borrowing money that they paid me to stay. Since I borrowed the money, since she offered and loaned me the money, I've been there three times, and I just saw her mother not that long ago and took her to eat at Fuddruckers. Right, but you don't get paid for seeing her mother and taking her to Fuddruckers. If you have specific weekends where you were told that you were going to get paid and it was going to chisel away at your debt, then, you know, you, you need to provide that proof because the plaintiff is denying that that happened. 
I mean, the fact it's nice that you have a relationship with her mother, but they don't always have to pay you because you have a relationship with her mother. Um, so do you have any greater specifics or any proof through through text or anything else about this arrangement and how much you're supposed to be paid for it? After the loan, she I, by word, I trusted her by word. As she said, she trusted me. I trusted her. She has still even not that well, long but ago. You would have, asked me, I'm sorry. Do you have? Do you have any texts that show that you were what you were supposed to get paid? All right, she never I have texts. I have every text, soup to nuts. I have every text. That's great. Between I don't keep guys. any text. Okay. I will be happy to stay with her, but I cannot every weekend. Also, I would have to go check on my cats and dog when I do stay with her. I can do Friday through Sunday. I am trying part-time with Instacart. I am going to San Antonio to be with blah, blah, blah. I have no idea. And please let me know several days in advance. Um, and then that's it. I don't see anything else ever discussed. And that wasn't until December of 2020. Um, so I am not going to deduct anything for any stays you claim happened in 2018 or 2019 or before that in 2020. 2017. Uh, I find that you still owe the um, $542.78 plus prejudgment statutory interest on that according to your state and the court costs. Verdict for the plaintiff. What a joke. So the plaintiff is going to get $542 from the defendant who just said she thinks this is a whole joke. Uh, Ms. Hightower, what do you mean by that? Um, I know what was stated and I know what was said. And just because Miss Bruce thinks that she's got a reputation of being a dean for a college doesn't mean that she doesn't not tell the truth. You know, what goes around comes around. She knows how she is. She's a penny-pinching person who charges her 93-year-old grandmother 500 or mother $500 in rent a month. She's just all about the dollar. She's always been about the dollar. She, her, she's just a, a rude person that I thought was a friend. So that's that's how I feel. Well, the judge says you got to give her five hundred and forty some bucks. Okay, that's whatever that's decision. You 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 okay with that? Whatever. All right. Okay. You're gonna have to live with it. That's it. All right, Dr. Bruce. Uh, you heard what the defendant said. You want to make any comment about it? Mary should pay her debts, and I do want to say on the record, I don't charge my my mother's ninety four. I don't charge her rent. I do take money from her social security check and put it into a savings account for her every month, uh, just for the interest. But I don't charge her rent. Okay, well, that's the judge's decision, and uh, congratulations. You will finally get this debt paid off. Hopefully, you'll feel better. I appreciate okay? it. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for this case. Harvey? Okay, Doug, here's the thing about this case. When somebody owes money, you can't all of a sudden say something that I did for you in the past should count to offset the debt. Um, that has to be decided up front and not afterward when you just don't want to pay the money back. This happens a lot. But if you perform a service for somebody and you don't charge them, you can't turn that into an offset. Just can't. Most influential person in your life, Marilyn? I would say my father. My father had a fourth grade education. And uh, in the fourth grade, he was so poor in Cuba, he had to work to help his mother. He uh, ended up being an orphan at about nine years old and was raised by his cousins, who he, until his dying breath, called his brothers and sisters. Uh, he came to this country with absolutely nothing at a very young age, like 21, 22, 
walked the streets of Manhattan trying to find work, spoke not a lick of English, saw a help wanted sign, knew what that meant, and pointed to the sign and pointed to himself, pointed to the sign and pointed to himself, started washing dishes, then worked in a restaurant, became a waiter, commanded the English language, saved some money, started businesses, and then made sure every one of his children understood the importance of education. Wow. Uh, yeah, he was quite a guy, uh, an amazing man, and certainly a self-made man. He literally came here with the clothes on his back right. and, and, and was offered no help of any kind and had to make his own way. Uh, God bless him. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Karen Azarchi. She says she hired the defendant to remove a tree and trim some bushes on her property. She waited over three months for the work to be done. The guy never did the work and now won't return her money. She doesn't know who he thinks he's dealing with because she wants her 600 bucks returned and is suing for it today. This is the defendant, Brett. He says he showed up to do the work multiple times, and the woman wouldn't allow him to because she insisted she had to be home to oversee his men. The woman could never commit to a time when he was available. She went out and hired someone else, and his time isn't free. He owes her nothing. He's accused of taking way too long. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff hired the defendant to cut down some trees in her yard. The guy never showed up to do the work. She is sick of waiting and wants her money back. But the defendant says he showed up on multiple occasions to do the tree work. The plaintiff insisted on being home to supervise his men and then never set up a date with him. It's the case of barking up the wrong tree. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Asarchi, talk to me. What happened here? Um, I met um, Brett through a Facebook uh, group, and I called him, and I met him on September 17th. We looked at the grounds. He wrote out a proposal and um, said he would call me later, and he would get it done sometime in October. What was the proposal for? What kind of work was he going to do for you, and how much was he going to charge you? He was going to trim a tree near my house, uh, take out a tree, trim some bushes, and it was an estimate of $1,750, and I gave him a $600 deposit. Okay. And in that uh, proposal, there was nothing in writing about the date that it was going to happen, correct? There is a, there is a date in, on there. He wrote from okay, let's... October either 2nd or 12th through October 28th. Okay. Date of plans, October 12th through October 28th. That's the date by which sometime in between there he was going to get it done. All right. What happens? Uh, nothing. So I texted him <laughs> uh, in October 
And I said, you know, please give me a date that you're coming. And I had nothing in return. I texted him twice in November and I got nothing in return. Uh, I gave up and my sister started texting him, uh, asking him when he was coming. And he called and said he would come sometime between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, in the meantime, I got a letter from my insurance company that they saw the tree hanging over the house as damage and or it could give damage to the house. So they really wanted us to fix that. So now there was some urgency in getting it done. January came, nothing. February, nothing. We hired somebody else in March. When did you tell him, listen, don't bother, I want my money back? I texted him on November 29th. I said, at this point, I'm going to ask for my money back. We, we'd like to have this done sooner right. than well, later. That's, yeah, that's why nothing happened in December, January, February, or March, because you, you, know, you, you told him at that point you didn't want him to. What's your excuse, Mr. Brett? What's going on? So I, I was working local to Fourth uh, Avenue where she resides at her summer house. Um, so I, I, was, um, I had a few days on the job there. And since I was in the area, I was offering her a little bit of a discount because I didn't have to travel so much. And it was going to be a little easier for me. So I was going to save her some money. So when I went to do the jobs, I was told that she had to be present. And I was turned away. So turned away. Wait, turned I don't away, understand. You're showing up unannounced to trim trees and to take remove trees. So, well, I'm sorry. If you had a plan, I don't understand. If you made an arrangement with her and she said, this is a good day and you came on the day you said you would, I don't know if that's what you're saying. And then she changed her plans and said, oh, it's no longer a good day. Or you just show up when you're in the area. Which is it? Uh, I've done both, Your Honor. Let me hear from you, Mrs. Archie. Did he ever make a plan with you and make an appointment with you to show up? Never. And that's what I see in the text. I don't see any effort on your part. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised because it's your contract where you wrote between 1012 and 1028, I'll get the job done. And it isn't until the end of November that she says, you know, hey, you're not a man of your word and I want my money back. And then your answer is what? Deposits are non-refundable? I had an equipment breakdown, so my bucket truck was, I couldn't use it, and I, I had to get the truck fixed. So then when I got the truck fixed, she had told me that, hey, my insurance company is reaching out to me. We really have a problem here. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to have to climb the trees. So I got in contact with my climber and myself, and we were going to go over in between Christmas and New Year's. And this is when she told me that she wanted her money back, that she... She needed, um, to, she paid somebody else to do the job. And the job was done, don't bother. And I, you know, again, if I was you there were you, would you give somebody a third month to do a job? If it was you, if the tables were turned and someone if said I they'd do something do between job, October 12th yeah. and October 28th, and then the yeah. person yeah, didn't keep their word, and then you bill. text the person over and over, and you text them over and over, and you ask them over and over to please respond, and they don't. Would you trust that they were going to come between Christmas and New Year's? Maybe she no longer, you know, she'd given you three months to do the job. It was already well past 30 days, 
past the deadline you gave yourself. So how much longer does she have to wait? Does she have to wait a year for you to get around to it? Because a bucket truck breakdown is an explanation of why you didn't do it. It's a good explanation. You know what it's not a good explanation of? Why you didn't return her $600. Because a bucket truck breakdown is a you problem. It is not a Ms. Azarchi problem. Return the money, $600 verdict for the plaintiff. So the plaintiff gets her $600 back. Brett, the defendant, how do, how do you feel about the judge's decision? You can't be surprised, can you? I feel great. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Archie, you're going to get your money back. How do you feel about that? You're laughing. <laughs> great. I, I knew that uh, I would prevail. This is what he's, how he's behaving now is how he behaved before. So I'm just glad to get the money back. Okay, that'll wrap it up for this case. Harvey, what you think? Okay, Doug, well, here's the thing. We have talked about this before. There are magic words in contracts like this. The words are time is of the essence. That means that if you put a date certain in and the job has to be done by that date and it isn't, guess what? You get your money back. The words time is of the essence. I love this question. What chores do you do around the house? I hate this question. <laughs> it's, it's a delicate topic at my house. No Is question. It? Yes. Uh, I am in charge of a few things. I've got... Uh, Diaper Genie. Diaper Genie. That's the kids are grown and gone. Litter box, Kitty litter. We don't have gone. a cat. Cat's okay. gone. But we have a dog. So I still have to clean up the canine feces and get rid Poop of it. Poop Patrol. You do a do. Garbage, recycling, yes. basic automotive maintenance. Yes. Uh, bugs and, and critters that get in the house. I'm in charge of getting rid Lizard of Lizard removal. Exactly. And the rest of the time, I just, I kind of. You just kind of float. You just kind of stay out of my way. I try to look busy. When you come <laughs> into the room, I look busy, like I'm doing stuff, right? And then, unfortunately, with the division. I don't of like labor, seeing uh, you relax. <laughs> no, you don't. Unfortunately, with our division of labor, you do everything else. Right. Uh, finances, taxes. Um, you know, making sure everybody gets their You believe gifts. the natural state of an envelope is sealed. I've never uh, understood until that. Until you open it. Right. Okay. Well, you don't. Wait, but you don't open it. You don't wow. get mail. You don't open mail. You don't answer emails. I, I, I end up answering your email. I got a guy that does that. Yeah, me. Wait. I'm the guy that does that. <laughs> but and that's a few things we do. Yeah, together we do groceries together. Yep. Right. Well, now we do. And, yeah. And uh, you know what else? Well, some of the awful we jobs. We cook that together you do, now. We cook together, but the awful jobs that you do, like cleaning the garage or cleaning the refrigerator, I usually. I jump in. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, the garage, first of all, is your job. And the refrigerator, you have never jumped in. I don't know what you're talking about. I have little little labels on the refrigerator where everything goes. You don't even respect that. You know, you just put a thing of baking soda in there every now and then. They're fine, the refrigerator, right? (laughs) Get rid of the dead stuff. It's all dead. (laughs) Taxes? If I died, you wouldn't even know where the money is. Uh, I have an idea. (laughs) I'll find it. This is the plaintiff, Doris Roberts. She says the defendant crashed his car onto her front lawn, wiped out her beautiful bushes, and he refuses to pony up the money to pay her back. She's suing for $2,000. The money, she's out. This is the defendant, Justin Luce. He 
says the plaintiff is trying to take terrible advantage of him. Yes, he did crash into her bushes, but they were overgrown shrubs, nowhere near worth the 2,000 bucks she's suing him for. And he thinks the judge will agree. He's accused of scrapping the shrubbery. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says the defendant crashed his car onto her front lawn and damaged a bunch of her bushes. But the defendant says the plaintiff is trying to take advantage of him because she wants to replace them with beautiful and expensive trees. It's the case of, you are bush league, lady. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Roberts, you are suing Mr. Luce uh, because what happened one fine Friday night at 8.30 on October 2nd? I was home, myself, my daughter, and my granddaughter, two of my granddaughters, and one of our best friends. And um, I decided that I was going to go upstairs and relax, but the girls wanted me to stay downstairs and talk with them and laugh with them. But I said, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm tired. So I went upstairs to my room, and as soon as I got upstairs to lay back and relax, I heard a boom, and the house shook. And I quickly got up. I'm like, what is that? And so I couldn't figure out what it could be in the house that would you know, make the vibrations like it was. Um, I'm coming down the steps. And then the three of them are coming out of the kitchen, and my other granddaughter's coming out of her room. Everybody's running to the front door to see what happened, because they said, well, we thought it was you, Nana, because we thought you fell in your room. I was like, no, I didn't fall. That wasn't me. So we all run into the door, and we looked out the door. We didn't open the door at that point, and we saw the car in the yard. And then we saw the young men all running out of the car. And my daughters was going to open the door. And I said, don't open that door. You don't know if they have a gun or anything like that there. So finally, I said, call 911, call 911, 911. So we called 911. And once we saw, you know, Mr. Lucci, I would say that's who it turned out to be. Um, you know, he was walking around in my yard mad, I, you know, obviously, because he rammed into my yard with his car and then we opened up the door and we was asking him what happened only one of the young men decided to stay with him out of all of the guys that was with him so he nice told friends. me yeah he told me that um his brakes gave out but what i'm trying to figure out is the street in front of me is directly in front of my house you cannot come straight. You live in what we call a T. So there's a street, right. and the street ends. If you, keep, if you keep driving on that street, instead of turning left or right, you run right into your house. So uh, have, has there ever been an accident there before? Actually, he's While you number there? four. Yes, he's I've been here 23 four. years. 23 yeah. years I've lived yeah. here. In 2016, I believe it was, a man came into the bushes. And 11 months later, he also, the same man, came back no. into my yard. Oh, yes, the same man. You cannot man. be serious. Yes. Really? No, I'm dead serious. That's ridiculous. But in any event, let's talk about you, Mr. Luce. What happened? First of all, how many people were in your car? I had four. 
And where did your people go? They were scared about um, the cops coming and then them getting in trouble. That's why. Why um, would they, they get in trouble? All... They're passengers in a car. Did they have I, warrants? I wasn't even that even able to ask them. I just know that one of my friends stayed with me and that was the passenger. Yeah. Okay. Well, what happened? With them. Okay, Miss so Roberts, it's was, his turn now. Mr. Luce, so what, what happened? happened? was I was coming home from work and um, my friend had told me that um, they needed a ride somewhere and it was already on the way. So I had picked them up and we were going down that long street and I was going about, I think the speed limit's about 35 and I was probably going about 40. And while I was driving, my I've already had a problem with my brakes with the car and my brakes had snapped on me and my um, brake pedal sunk straight to the floor, which is exactly why I had no control of the car. The only control I had was to miss the telephone pole that was in um, in her yard. And the bushes were the only thing that saved my car from going into her house. So my right. that was the quickest reaction right. I had. Was and the telephone, the telephone pole, pole will come right down on you and kill somebody. So, the, the telephone so that's pole fine, except for the only thing wrong with anything you just said is you knew that you had bad brakes and yet were driving the car. Like, why had, didn't you get your brakes fixed? I had already gotten them fixed. It was my brakes. I had um, a mechanic um, of my friend. He had done my brakes and yeah. my well, brakes. Well, apparently just... not, right? Apparently not, right? So spend the money or don't drive. Okay, and I don't believe that at eight o'clock, eight thirty on a Friday night, four guys who were in a car was because some people were coming home from work. You submitted into evidence some videos of the accident. I guess you have. Uh... There's a video of him coming into the yard with his car, and you see Wait. all the boys running out of the car. And um, I don't know about the insurance information that he gave to the police officer because they said there's no insurance um, by that policy number that he gave us. Did you um, call the police so he, that they could give him a ticket for driving without insurance? So now he's got no he insurance. By the, the way, you're 17 and you weren't even supposed to be driving without an adult exactly. in the car, correct? So he's driving exactly. on a license he a that he shouldn't be that. driving on in a car that isn't properly fixed for its brakes and with no insurance. Why did you not have insurance that would cover this? I had, um, there was a guy that he was selling it as, I guess it was real insurance and it was real registration for now. Like I had templates on my car and I had not known that they weren't good until I had gotten pulled over. And I have actually texted him already about it because he is selling fraud um, insurance and uh, plates to people. And that's why the policy... Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? How long have you been driving the car? It was probably about a couple months. Right. And yeah. how many insurance payments did you make? It was, it was um, $150, I guess, for a whole year. Okay. That's not what insurance costs for a 17-year-old boy. All right. So that should have been your first flag. OK. And you if you I mean, this is this is kind of serious driving around without insurance, because if something happens, you'll spend the rest of your life paying it back. So go out and get real insurance. Do you have parents? Yes. Yeah. Maybe you should consult with them and maybe they should be listening right now. And maybe they should make sure that you're driving with insurance. But it doesn't matter. Let me ask you the following question. What on earth is your defense? First of all, she had called me and told me that 
she wanted, I think it was $600 in cash. And I told her that I wasn't going to be giving any, I was fine with giving her, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars or whatever it was, but she was trying to get money out of my pocket. And she had also told me that she, um, for me to give her the $2,000 in cash. And I told her that I would not, I will not give any money to you because I could give you the $2,000 and she could tell me she never got it. And yeah, but no, all you have to do is get a receipt lying, and get a document lying. that says we hereby agree to settle this case. That makes no sense what you're saying. And besides, who are you to decide how much money the trees are worth? You know, do you have an estimate? Did you take a landscaper out there to say, oh, I can replace these trees for $200? Do you have evidence to show me that it's a $200 damage? See, that's what you need if you're going to fight her estimate. She has two estimates, one for $2,000. And one is for 1,120. So um, I'm looking at the pictures of these bushes. These bushes are really tall. How tall are they, Ms. Roberts? I think they're about eight feet tall or so. I think they're taller than they're, they're at least eight feet. And so the estimate she got is for bushes that are five to six feet. So she, she, because it, it's kind of hard to buy them eight feet. So she's still going to have to wait years exactly. for it to look the way she wants it to look. But in any event, she did get a lower estimate, which she submitted, which was for $1,120. You've already paid the 120 to have the bushes removed, and now you need them replaced. And I am ordering you to pay her $1,120 verdict for the plaintiff. Thank you so much, Yana. Well, Mr. Luce, you just got some advice from the judge. You got to get insurance. It could be really, really detrimental to you in the long term. You going to do that seriously? Yes, well, I'm going to get insurance. I mean, I mean, you have to. You can't drive without it. Let me ask you something else. Did you realize how bad those bushes were damaged? I know they saved the, may have saved your life. Who knows? But I mean, those were huge bushes, right? Well, those bushes had, well, number one, were not taken care of, and um, the estimate I had gotten was almost $1,000 to even clean it up. So I just feel like it's unfair that I have to pay that amount of money. She doesn't even know what type of bushes they're wearing. All right. Good luck to you. Get your brakes fixed, too. Uh, Ms. Roberts, let me ask you. I know you've had those bushes removed. They must have been old to be that big, you know, not nine feet high. That's that's huge. So you satisfied the judge is going to give you your, you know, the lower estimate, $1,120? Is that okay with you? Can you get them? Yeah, I mean, I... That? I'm going to have to, but they are going to be replaced because that is my privacy. What we do in my yard is our business. You know what I mean? It, nobody should be able no to question about look it. in here if I don't want them to, you know? All right, that'll wrap it up for this case. Let's see what the judges have to say about it now. Very interesting indeed. If somebody comes to you and tries to sell you car insurance for 150 bucks for the year, you know, you know, it's Fugazi. He knows. <laughs> that was probably what he had to pay to get a binder so he could right. drive the car. And, get the tags. Know. Yeah, that, that, that just, uh, you know, solved his immediate need. He right. knows he does, he's driving around without insurance. Faulty brakes and, uh, right. and no adult in the car. It is illegal to drive without insurance in New York State. It's punishable by up to 15 days in jail, fines up to $1,500. Driver's license suspension from one to three years if you have an accident and there's, there's, there's someone hurt, things like that. So you really are taking a huge risk when you go out there and get behind the it's wheel. It's illegal in a lot of states. Yeah. Pr probably just about everywhere. But yeah. a huge disparity, too, between these two estimates. She comes up with one estimate that was like two grand and one estimate that was yeah. a little over $1,000. So yeah. uh, kind of hard to put your finger on exactly what it should cost to put those 
It is, but the real problem is the height. It takes a long time to grow a tree eight feet tall. Yeah. It does, and um, that's what you have deprived her of privacy because right. five feet is not the same as eight feet. Right, and, and you really can't make that right because you're not going to find those shrubs no, in, no, that, so, in that height. She'll, so. she'll do, uh, frankly, I think it'll be better for her. I think that the lower shrubs, right. you know, people will be able to see the lights from the top of the house and that might stop uh, some of these accidents. Amanda wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, uh, if a dog is off leash and there's an attack, are they automatically responsible for vet bills? The answer generally is yes. A dog has to be on a leash in a public area. And if the dog isn't and the other dog is, the dog off leash, sorry, the owner's responsible. We'll see you next time.